0: Hello and welcome to Just Curious Relationships. I'm your host, Megan Holmgren, and today we are covering a topic that I've talked about with our guests before. We've covered it on The Well. It's something that I think is an old trend with a new name, so we'll dive into that. Uh, But we are going to be talking about... uh, towing the line of infidelity, we'll call it. I don't want to give it away, a spoiler <laughs> of what it is, but today we have with us licensed marriage and family therapist, Margaret Doherty. Thank you. Thank you for coming and talking to us and sharing, as always, your your insights and wisdom Thanks on relationships. Thanks for having
1: me. I yeah. love talking about relationships.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know that you probably get like super bored of talking about relationships. It's what you do all day professionally, but... Um, it's fun for it's fun for me, and I enjoy getting to talk to you about it. So. I love
1: talking about it all day, every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, you have the question, or not, it's not a question, as always. Um, it's a story that we've pulled from Reddit. Okay, and we are going to be hearing one real person's um, account of, of an, an event that happened. And uh,
1: I'm only just turning it over now, so only I gonna... <laughs> only am finding out about it.
0: For for everyone listening in, I, I print these out for Margaret, and then I make her keep them face down so that she can't see them. And this is the first time she'll see it, so we're getting her real reaction, which for me is part of the best part of this. <laughs> um, okay. The most sexually attractive woman I've ever met in my life asked me to spend the night, and I've realized I've been fostering an inappropriate relationship outside of my marriage. I've been working with this woman who just recently immigrated from Brazil and she's quite literally the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. We've been friendly, but there's always been a level of attraction present that I'm just realizing was sexual. I wanted her, and she wanted me, and neither of us knew it or could understand that that's what it was. Well, she may have. I didn't. Every Friday, my office goes out for beers, and she tagged along for the first time. She stuck next to me the entire night, and I just couldn't help but notice how amazing she looks. I have never been sexually attracted to a woman before like I am her. We stayed late and both had a few more drinks than we should have. We talked and finally she asked me if I would come home and spend the night with her. Then I finally understood why I had been so interested in her. I have a wife at home. I have two daughters. I have a family and responsibilities to all of them. And I'm here chopping it up with a woman who might be a fun, sexy escape, but is nothing compared to the mother of my children and life partner. I had been letting this friendship grow, letting this pure animalistic lust grow in the both of us. I entertained the idea, maybe if we just do it once, no one has to know, and more. In that moment, I told her she was very nice, but I have a partner who I can't betray. I called an Uber and went home and slept it off. <laughs> Your face right now is everything to me. So, in it's my in interesting. My, yeah, so in my typical sort of line of questioning... First and foremost, what do you, what's your take here? What do we call this? You know, is it emotional cheating, micro-cheating, what?
1: So I don't like the labels on all of this, <laughs> but it's definitely not emotional treat, uh, cheating because there is sexual nature to it, mm-hmm. right? So this isn't like talking to somebody about your fears, what's going on in your relation. Like, that's not happening, it sounds like. Yeah. This is an attraction and something sexual, the first thing is, it's great that he did not sleep with her, right? Yeah. Like he did not cheat on his partner in a traditional like, sense, in a traditional physical way. Mm-hmm. So that is good. <laughs> See, this one got me. <laughs> um, I try tried, I
0: tried to find surprises. No, no, no. Th- th- this,
1: this, was a, this was a good one. Okay. So he's a human with sexual desires. Mm-hmm. He is a human who is attracted to other humans. Mm -hmm. That does not go away the second you get married, right? Like, that would be absurd to say the second the rings are on the finger, you no longer find another human attractive. Right. Question is, is, why is he so guilty about this? And Mm -hmm. how far have the fantasies gone about Mm -hmm. having sex with this other person? Yep. So... It sounds like before that night, he never realized
0: he was sexually attracted to her. But, okay, so here's, I think, where maybe in, in past question scenarios that have been posed, we've maybe been on the same thought. I have a hard time, I really do, believing that he, it never occurred to him, in the actual conscious part of his brain, that he had sexual desires... For this woman or about this woman or involving this woman, whatever, you know, know. because it it just seems a little too far fetched for me that he has this like such clarity in that moment of, oh, it's been this thing that I couldn't put my finger on the whole time. But yet she's the most beautiful woman. And he had these thoughts of maybe if we just do it once, no one has to know, so on and so forth. But
1: that came after she asked.
0: So before she asked. Mm -hmm.
1: He had a wife. He has kids. Well, he has a wife, has kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it sounds like he's like, I'm married. I love my wife. She's mm-hmm. my lifelong partner. The idea of cheating on his wife from what this is never came and crossed his mind. Yeah. And there's a difference between finding somebody attractive mm-hmm. and being sexually attracted to someone. Yeah. Yeah. He could have just thought he was attracted. Like, I mean, he's very clearly the most beautiful
0: woman he's ever seen. I think it's it's those descriptors that make it hard for me to buy it totally.
1: But this is also post Mm -hmm. the interaction where she asked him to come spend the night. I guess, yeah. So before the brain was... There's something about her. Yeah. But he never was like, I'm going to go out with the guys and have some beers and then go and call her up and sleep with her. Like that, it seemed like it never came to, to that his point. mind.
0: Yeah. Okay. So not emotional cheating. No. Would we classify this as something like micro cheating? And how, what, what, and okay, maybe the better question is what is micro cheating and what behaviors count towards it?
1: That is different for everybody, and I know that's not the answer you wanted. Let's let's put it neatly
0: in a box and and wrap it up with a bow. I want want to be able to tell everybody this is what micro-cheating is, but that's not possible.
1: I would be out of a job, (laughs) and I like my job. Um, So micro-cheating is the new buzzword. Mm -hmm. I'm not in love with it um, because I think that— Sometimes thoughts can just be thoughts. Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean that we're acting on them, and we have to remember that we're all human. Yeah. So in the terms of micro-cheating, it is when you are thinking about somebody like you would think about your partner. Mm -hmm. It's talking to somebody about something you would talk to your partner about usually, but you're not going to your partner. Mm -hmm. Maybe in this case, it's having sexual fantasies that you've never brought up with your partner, and now you're feeling guilty about it. Right. Right. Right? And in those cases, the next question comes, are those things you share with your partner or not?
0: Yeah. So that is one of my questions. Right. Is in this situation specifically, which albeit is is a very kind of narrow, very specific scenario, does he tell his partner? Or I'm assuming it's a he. he doesn't He doesn't identify. So does this person tell their partner? Very. Oh, that they've had this interaction. So, and if and if if they should, how?
1: Right. It seems because he entertained the idea. Mm-hmm. This is deeper than. Right. I just find her attractive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sexually attracted to her, and I actually thought about going home with her.
0: Right, because it does seem like. He entertained it at least for a second. It wasn't a immediate, an no. immediate knee-jerk, absolutely not, what have I been doing here?
1: Right. It's nobody has to know. Right. So I think that's where it goes past just a human thought of this person's attractive or even this, I wonder what it would be like to have sex with this person, right? Yeah. Like, that's still just a thought. Right. But when presented with the situation, he kind of said, huh. Maybe. This might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. So does he have to tell his partner? Of course he doesn't. Right. Do I think that this will manifest in the relationship if it's not addressed? Yes. Yeah. It might not even have to be that specific. It could just be like, I was attracted to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I was given an opportunity. I didn't. But like, I had a thought that like, maybe I could.
0: Yeah. You're, That's a
1: scary thing to say.
0: I feel like it. it is. It is right. And I feel like. For us kind of reading this and for you as a therapist and talking to people about their relationships all day, it, to a degree, it's like, here's what you should do and here's how you can phrase it, but it's getting over that hump of actually saying it because in, if if I'm this person, in my mind, it's like, okay, this is going to open Pandora's box of for sure. Like, is that worth it?
1: It might not be for that person. Mm-hmm. I have had individuals come to me for therapy, so it's not couples therapy, mm-hmm. and have said to me, like, I cheated on my partner recently. Yeah. Right? And it's, I don't want to tell them. I'm never going to tell them how do I work through it to live with it and move hmm. through it and figure out why I did it. Yeah. And I I do that with them, right? And yeah. they never tell their partners, and they go off to live happily
0: ever after. Interesting. I've actually never even considered... That sort of side of things or a scenario playing out that way that someone goes and is like, I'm not going to. And then they find a way to do the work anyway and be better for it and have a healthier relationship. But with their partner being none the wiser. Yeah. Huh.
1: Because if I'm with a couple, I can't hold secrets. Yes. Right? Like, if one partner tells me, oh, I cheated, like, text me. Like, oh, FYI, if I'm a little weird, I cheated on my partner over the weekend and they don't know. (laughs) I then can't go into therapy. Do you therapy. get those texts for real? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> now I might get a joking one. Yeah. Um. But I can't go in there and be objective, yeah. knowing that, and knowing the partner doesn't know that. Can I say, "All right, we're going to have to talk about this in session," yeah. or if not, I terminate. But when it's an individual,
0: you're not obligated to their partner. I'm
1: not obligated to tell any. Well, I don't tell anybody anything, but I'm not obligated to tell that partner, "Hey, this person cheated." Right.
0: right. So you're because you're only counseling the one. You're not counseling right. both.
1: And some people can make a decision, behave a certain way, Mm -hmm. and that bring to light, oh, my goodness, I don't want to lose this person. If I tell them, I'll definitely lose them, which is a whole other thing because we assume that's what's going to happen. Right. But I have so many couples come in that say, like, I thought if they cheated on me, I'd be gone. And here they are fighting for a year in therapy to work on the relationship. So you also never know. Yeah. Do I bring up talking to the partner? Absolutely. I say, like, is this something you definitely want to not talk about it with them? And if they say, no, I'm never telling them, yeah. then I don't bring it up again. Hmm. And okay. And
0: even if that's, I mean, I guess, like, so how how can that be, though, if someone's trying to do the work on themselves and this is something that. Whether their partner knows it or not seems like it, it should or would be pretty significant. How do you then get to, how do you move forward without it being a conversation more than that?
1: Because the person is healed from the action of doing it. Mm-hmm. And some people, it sounds like not you or not I, can hold secrets like that. Like, I would not be able to do that.
0: Yeah. The second In your relationship. I, like, like,
1: like, in my relationship, the second I saw my partner, I would be like sobbing, heaving. Yeah. I messed up. Yeah. Some people can say this had nothing to do with them and Mm. everything to do with me. This actually isn't a relationship issue. Yeah. So I'm not going to bring it to the relationship. And I'm sure there's listeners right now going, this lady is crazy.
0: Yeah, that's That's terrible. That's not possible. (laughs) Right. But it is. Yeah. Okay. So on the flip side of this. Let's assume that his wife we're we're assuming it's a him, he that, maybe that's right. wrong. And Let's I guess they have two daughters, but it also Yeah. Is yeah. Let's assume this person doesn't say anything. hmm And kind of has had this like aha moment, what am I doing? And this is enough to sort of like scare them into I'm 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 on the straight and narrow now. Okay. Are there ways for the part on the partner side of of relationships to I'm sure some would be more obvious than others, but are there ways to kind of recognize and I know you don't like the term, but um, micro cheating And, and what should you be looking for?
1: So things such as your partner pulling away from you, Mm -hmm. maybe not talking to you about their day, talking to you about work, or maybe things that like go on with the friends that they used to talk to you about. If there is a shift in conversation, if there is pulling away, if there's less intimacy, Mm -hmm. if things start to change between the two of you, while I'm not saying every change means the person's cheating, micro-cheating, emotionally cheating on you. Yeah. That is your sign to say, like, okay, maybe we need to have a conversation because, like, I feel like something has shifted. Yeah. If you feel like they're hiding their phone a little more or, like, you used to be able to just be like, oh, what are you looking at? hmm And now when you do that, your partner jumps. Yeah. Right? Those are kind of a little more obvious. Yeah. If your partner didn't have Face ID on their phone and now they do. Like, all these little things. Yeah sometimes people turn that to make the partner feel crazy. And I'm using quotes because I don't think anyone's crazy. Yeah. That's also a sign, right? If you're getting gaslit, and I use that term the way it's supposed to be. So the thing with buzzwords is, is like.
0: Everything's gaslighting these days. Every
1: Like parents are (laughs) gaslighting teenagers across the board. And I'm like, guys, that's not what we're doing. (laughs) Um, They're just your parents. And they're telling you that you have to be home at 10 p.m. because you're 14. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm and you're like, wait a second. I'm asking him a question mm-hmm. and then I'm walking away saying, sorry. Right. Why is that happening?
0: Is that kind of the, I feel like it's a, a pretty, um, age old idea. At least it, it's been through my, you know, kind of adolescent and now adult life of the easiest way to find a cheater is to find someone who's accusing their partner of cheating because, The odds are then that they are. So is it stuff like that where you're kind of being told you're or accused of doing things that you know for a fact you're not? Or is that kind of a stretch? That's a separate whole, separate conversation. Because
1: I think that sometimes people go off of that. Well, if Mm -hmm. you're accusing me of cheating, you must be cheating. Mm -hmm. When that can be like just a whole host of insecurity, relationship trauma, other things that have nothing to To do do with like that actual relationship. Okay. Okay. But if you're asking about things that don't feel right to you, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, you seem to move away when I look over your shoulder and you're on your phone. What's going on with that? Yeah. And they're saying, well, you never have your phone out anymore. And like, I'm just playing Wordle. And can't you just like leave me? be? Yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. Like you're getting very defensive. Yeah. Over a simple question. And so I think that would be a red flag of, like, what's going on here. Something that's happening. Yeah. If you used to be friendly with their friends and maybe the friends are pulling away, Mm -hmm. I think that can be a sign because nobody wants to be the buddy that tells the partner what their best friend is doing. Like, that gets tricky, too. Yeah. And so then you're like, everyone's pulling away from me. Like, and then a lot of, what did I do? Yeah. What is he telling his buddies about our relationship that they're pulling away when, like, We haven't had a fight in three months. So like, I don't understand what's yeah, going like on. like what has
0: happened here that yeah. suddenly, yeah. So we've, we've kind of discussed the, should he have the conversation and how, if he mm-hmm. does, if they do, um, not having the conversation and how to not have the conversation and, and maybe move forward and grow from it. Um, how to, what to look for if you're the partner on the other side, mm-hmm. um, for clues. Then the other, or as far as I can see, the last remaining path is they have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Open what I argue would probably be Pandora's box. Yes. Um, how do they find a path forward from that?
1: Well, one, they go to therapy. <laughs> Fair. And I'm also not just saying that because I'm a couples therapist. I think yeah. that these things are really sensitive yeah. and really hard to have on your own.
0: So you need that kind of third impartial party.
1: That and to like teach you how to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're so flooded with emotions. You want to say everything and anything. You're not really listening to each other. Yeah. You're not picking up on your life experiences that are maybe led you to this situation. Like you just need somebody to help you. Yeah. Get through this. And... Just because you go to therapy doesn't mean you're going to stay together, right? It could mean you break up. I have couples that come in and say, like, this isn't working, but we don't know how to, like, actually break up. Really? Yeah. Sometimes couples... <laughs> that's a couple, whole another podcast. <laughs> sometimes couples therapy means you do not stay together.
0: But you go in with the intention of not staying together. Sometimes. That's, we'll, we'll reserve that. We'll put that in the <laughs> suggestion jar for a future one. I'll find a Reddit post about it for us. I'm sure you'll find one. <laughs> um... How do they come forward? How do they move forward from this if the conversation is had?
1: So it is being honest and telling the whole truth in Mm -hmm. that moment. If you start this conversation, you need to be all the way honest. Because what happens is if you give half the truth yeah. and then later the other half comes out, it can be re-traumatizing for the partner.
0: And I would think damaging of trust because how do you trust that that person's ever telling you the whole truth again?
1: Right. So if you have done something or thought of done so- doing something and you're coming to your partner, my best advice, even though therapists don't give advice, is to go in there honestly and be like, I'm going to lay it all out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave anything out. Be prepared that your partner will probably have an emotional reaction.
0: Mm -hmm. And uncomfortable questions.
1: Yes, and uncomfortable questions for a while. Yeah. They're going to be sitting and stewing and thinking, Mm -hmm. and they may ask you the same question of, like, what size are her breasts Yeah, 17 times in one day? And that can be really hard and uncomfortable for the partner because it's like, I answered this, I answered this, I answered Mm -hmm. this. But that's also rebuilding trust that you – answer yeah and that you give them what at that point they need
0: without attitude
1: right again why all of this is really hard to do on your
0: own yeah especially because i feel like most of the time when we're in these sort of confrontation confrontation is probably an aggressive word but for lack of a better one in relationships you might not even realize that you have a defensive attitude about it
1: oh tone is huge tone you think that you're talking all nicely And it goes back to what I always say my mom told me, it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying Mm -hmm. it, and I could never understand it until somebody does it to me now, and they're like, but I'm not being rude, and I'm like, oh, but you are. Yeah.
0: I can't even tell you how often, just from, you know, uh, working with you so much for the well, like, how often that sentence pops up in my head. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. Um, And it's true, because, you know, in my relationships, whether it's work, social, my marriage, if i'm saying something and i think i'm saying it fine <laughs> um which i argue is most of the time but <laughs> um, and the person on the other end is not receiving it or they're getting upset by it or they're they're becoming defensive because of it i have to stop myself and say okay maybe we're saying this wrong and maybe how we're saying it is not right. the right way to say it um so it, it is a, a really good rule of thumb to go by
1: Yeah, and that this conversation that you're having, you're going to have over and over and over again for a while. You're not going to solve it. You might have a Ross and Rachel from Friends where they talk all night long, order pizza. Mm -hmm. And then you might have to do that a couple of times, right? And sometimes the person that did the act or thought of the act has a very hard time of, like, sitting in that because they know that they caused the hurt. And Mm -hmm. they're like, we talked about this. I want to get over this. I I want to move move on. Yeah. That person is grieving. That person is grieving the thought of who their partner was. A lot of times, it's more of like looking at your partner and going, I can't believe you did this to me. Yeah. Because you were the one person that was never supposed to hurt me this way. Right. You were going to be different than everybody else. And now you did this to me. And now I'm I'm at a loss. And yeah. I've lost that image of who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. So to me... I- and this, this sort of brings up a, a question. And I, I know at the beginning of this, we I asked, what is this? What do we, we call this specific scenario? Whether it's emotional cheating, micro-cheating, we pretty quickly eliminated the emotional part. It's definitely not the true physical. But are, are the different types of cheating um, and infidelity, the different levels and degrees of them? Like, are there ones that are harder to come back from? Because I feel like in a lot of ways, at least for me as an individual if i were to be in a relationship where there was there was a physical component to it mm-hmm. but it didn't but it lacked the emotional mm-hmm. component to it i might be able to get past that a little bit easier i mean right. still not easy still going to take course. work but i would feel like m- the micro cheatings of the world and emotional cheating would be way harder mm-hmm. to come back from so what are the you know Is there a worse form of cheating?
1: I'm going to say that thing that you hate that I say. (laughs) It's
0: individual for
1: everybody. And Mm -hmm. that's why I think it's important to have conversations when you get into relationships. Like, what is your definition of cheating? Yeah. Like, not in the sense of, like, what should I do and what should I not do? But you want to know where the boundaries are. Mm -hmm. Because people are different. Yeah. Some people think the emotional piece is so much worse. Yeah. And other people think the physical is so much worse. Some people may say, you telling this person about the fight that we had last week is way more hurtful than if you went out with your buddies and went and had sex with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or you actually was were intimate with a stranger and had sex with them one time, mm-hmm. and then you came home to me where we do those things. Yeah. It is such a broad...
0: It's dependent Spectrum on the person
1: of what people feel is their threshold. Yeah. And I think you need to know these things. Everyone's scared to have these conversations with their partners because they're like, well, if we're talking about cheating, then obviously one of us wants to cheat. Yeah. No, I want to know what your thoughts are on this. I want to know if this is going to be something that is going to upset you so that like I can be mindful when I'm out in the world having relationships with people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to that end, and, and this is something that I, I've, kind of started wondering about as you were talking do things like micro cheating and emotional affairs are they limited to just romantic interactions so maybe not in that physical sense but say you know i'm very careful not to put myself in this scenario just um but say if i you know if i was talking to someone who is like i'm i'm in a straight hetero marriage Mm -hmm. and say i'm talking to a woman who I have no romantic inclinations or interest toward, but I'm sharing those private things and not yeah. talking to my partner about them—is that still a form of cheating?
1: So my my knee jerk instinct is to say no, mm-hmm. but that is a very personal no, Again, and I know that because yeah, I tell my best friends everything, right? Like yeah. not, and I and I tell my fiance. Mostly everything, too. Mm -hmm. But I have different conversations with them sometimes than I would do with him. Yeah. Does your partner care if you're talking about these things with your friends? Do you have an understanding that you do have different relationships with your friends on both sides than you do with each other? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're going to go to your friends for this over your partner, even if it has nothing to do with your partner. Right? If you've had a childhood friend since the kindergarten and something happens with your family— You may go to them because they're just going to get it because they've known your family. They've known the situation where sometimes with your partner, especially in the beginning of the relationship, you then have to explain the whole history. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't want to explain everything. I just want to. I want someone who gets it. And complain. And your friend to be like, yeah, but they always do this. You know, they always do this, Mm -hmm. Margaret. And you're like, Okay, yeah, they always do this. Yeah. So I think it's, again, having open conversations about what you want your relationship to look like. Yeah. How much you want to share what you're comfortable of somebody, you sharing with other people. Mm -hmm. Some people don't care if your partner talks to their friends about your sex life. They like literally don't care. Yeah. Other people are like, please do never bring that up. That is our business. Some people are like, if we're fighting or we're arguing about stuff, like in the moment of us fighting about it and you're heated, please don't go to your friends about it. If you want to talk about it after, be like, oh, we've had a rough couple of weeks, but we figured it out because then your partner feels safe and secure that your friends aren't hating on him, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? If you're going to your friends right after you argue with him, he's like, now they know that you hate me, whatever it is, Yeah, and now I look bad. If you go after, you've resolved it, and you say, oh, we had this really bad fight, this is what happened, but then we worked on it, and we came to this conclusion, Mm -hmm. your friends will be like, oh, look at you guys figuring it out, like, I can't do that.
0: Yeah. You look way more like you have your shit together. (laughs) Right. Right. So... The TLDR here, um, which if you've listened to our first episode, you'll know is too long, didn't read, but you should go listen to it if you haven't, is just basically that cheating is one of those subjective things and it's very different person to person. And yes. what you define as cheating, whether it's micro cheating, emotional cheating, true, you know, traditional physical affairs those definitions are going to vary and the only way you know if you're crossing a line in your relationship is by having that conversation with your partner. Absolutely. Okay. Well, hopefully we don't know, but hopefully this poster had a conversation
1: or, or did work and is understanding didn't. why he had those feelings and why he had those thoughts. Yeah. Because no judgment, right? Like he I'm not his partner, so I'm not going to judge those thoughts, but he yeah. had these thoughts and They seem to have jolted him enough to be like, why am I having these thoughts? Yeah. So he can either work on that himself. He can work on that with his partner. He can choose to avoid it for now. And then five years later, it popped back up. Mm -hmm. Freedom to choose. Willingness to work on it. Yeah. That's what it's all about.
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And uh, where can people find you, Margaret? Margaret. Um, So they can find me on
1: Instagram. I'm working on using it more.
0: (laughs) Um, Sometimes I also, in social
1: media world, I'm like I need a break. Yep. So it is at Margaret D underscore lmft. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.